Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along everyone to the Short Ball Rugby Pass podcast. Scotty Stevenson, Mills Muliaina and producer Alice with us today. It is the 3rd of October, leading into the final round of the Rugby Championship here in the Southern Hemisphere. Also, Mitre 10 Cup in full swing, Farah Palmer Cup in full swing. Um, Millsy, I wanted to start on something today on the Short Ball. Something actually quite extraordinary. What's that? Well, here in New Zealand, uh, for those who don't follow the game, we have our Super Rugby. Mm-hmm. We have our National Provincial Championship. Yep, Mighty and, 10. That's right, the Mighty 10 Cup. And then we have the Heartland Championship. Yes. Uh, 12 provinces contesting the Heartland Championship, which is split in two divisions. The Meads Cup, named after the late Sir Colin Meads. And the Lahore oh. Cup, named after the late, uh, not the late. The still, <laughs> well, still, well, I'm not well. breaking news here. Still very much living uh, Sir Brian Lahore. And uh, as you well know, I'm a big fan of Heartland Rugby. Yeah, yeah. And specifically a big fan of the Buller Rugby Team, which is New Zealand's smallest province. And this week, a, a, a very special milestone occurs. Luke Brownlee, who is uh, inarguably one of the greats of the Heartland game, will be lining up for Buller. Well, wait, I, I thought he retired. Well, yeah, we can get to that. We can get to that. He was going to be with us today, but he's got cows to milk or some shit like that. But um, he's lining up in his 200th game. Oh, man. Now, I just I want to put this in perspective, right? Luke Brownlee has played pretty much his entire career as an amateur. Heartland players don't exactly get paid. Uh, they have to take time off work. He's a full-time dairy farmer. His wife has to hold the fort at home with the kids while he goes away, and they do have to travel a lot in the Heartland, as you can imagine. And he has done this for 20 seasons, representing that province. Now, the, the facts get even stranger here because Brownlee is a centurion. Another centurion from Buller is a man called Tom Stewart. Tom Stewart's career started in 1986. Between 1986 and 2014, 28 years, there was never a Buller side that took the field in a first-class game that did not feature either... Tom Stewart, or Luke Brownlee, or both. 28 years of consecutive games where either one or, or other or both. or both of those men were on the field for Buller. That is crazy. What? That is absolutely crazy. What about that? So this weekend, he goes out for his 200th game for Buller. There are only a handful, and when I say a handful, I mean exactly a handful of men who have played 200 times for their province in New Zealand. I'm going to give you this list. Legs Eliason, Taranaki, 
Kieran Crowley, Taranaki, oh, yeah. Fergie McCormick, Canterbury, Canterbury, Alex Wiley, Canterbury, Alan Dawson, Counties. Those are the five men who have played 200 games That's for it. their province that in five. this country. Only Alan Dawson is the one who's never taken the field for the All Blacks. And Luke Brownlee now joins that list. I think it is an extraordinary achievement for what is ostensibly an amateur player to play A for 20 seasons and B for 200 games. Remembering too, I think the first 182 of those games were consecutive. What? And the only reason he missed a game was not through an injury on the rugby field. He tore his calf while chasing a calf (laughs) on the farm. So today on the short ball, I just wanted to say to Luke Brownlee, you're an absolute champion, mate, and I wish you all the very best for your 200th appearance for Buller. And, and I think it is something that should be lauded by rugby fans here in New Zealand especially, but around the world. What an achievement that is. Oh, that's, that's massive. What an absolute... There's applause going on in the producer booth as well. Oh, yeah, here they go. That's nice. Yeah, it's very an nice. absolute legend. I hope they're doing something for him. Are the New Zealand rugby need to do something for this? Well, I mean, they've they've sort of put out a, a sort of lukewarm media request to to cover it, and we were hoping to get down to see Luke, but uh, we we couldn't get um, the stars to align on that. But this weekend, if you are if you're near if you're near Luke Brownlee, pat him on the back, shout him a beer, or just actually volunteer to milk the cows for him tomorrow morning or on Sunday morning. I think he'd be quite chuffed about that. This is a guy, right? Get this. I got another. I could go on forever about Luke Brownlee. This guy, last before he retired. So what are we talking? Two seasons ago, last season, they played a game in Timaru, mm. Timaru in the South Island. South Canary, yep. He finished the game. I think it was a semi. It was a semi final. Must have been two years ago. He finished the game, got straight into his car, and drove the six hours home so he could be up first thing in the morning to milk the cows. He finished a game for his province, jumped in his car, drove six hours just to be home so he could get up first crack and go and milk the cows. That was a semi-final of the Heartland. He's a ridiculous human being. That's, mate, that's, that's oh, I don't know how to explain that. that I mean, uh, not only on a professional sort of side of things, mm. going home, but also taking care of your family, but 26, there's 26 seasons. 20 seasons. 20. 20 seasons. 20 seasons. Well, 1986 between him and... Between uh, him and Tommy Stewart. Stewart. Mm-hmm. I was only six years old. You're telling me from the time I was six years old. Though. Yeah. The time you were six years old, what are you now? Mm-hmm. You can admit it. Old ass. Okay. 38, mate. 38, yeah. So from the time you were six to the time you were 34, no bullet team took the field without a Stewart or a Brownlee. <laughs> oh, my God. But that's just... Com- that's great commitment. And also... Yeah. Longevity. Like what's I mean, obviously, have, being a, a dairy farmer has, has happened because he hasn't got had any injuries in that as well. And no. I've seen my brother used to be. Yeah. A, so, oh, mate. And so you know, oh. and so you know what the because whores the same. When was the last time you saw Andrew Hoare injured? It's farmers, Andrew. mate. Do you know what? They never get injured because they're never in a gym. Ah, true. Because they don't go to the gym. Oh, the gym. The gym. They don't go to the gym. They just lift shit all and day it's, it's and a, walk. And it's the aroma, right? The aroma. What, of the gym or of the paddock? No, of the paddock. The aroma of the paddock. It's a hell of a smell, mate. (laughs) What paddock? Well, in the milking sheds. Milking sheds, not a great smell. No. Perfectly honest. Mate, Luke Brownlee, you're a... Oh, you're a legend. We salute you on the short ball, Luke Brownlee. Uh, That is... uh, And um, we've only just talked about that, so we get some white bait sent up. Oh, oh, well, is it right? Yeah. Well, I've got some white bait coming from Rodney Dorr at Nakawal. 
He's uh, he's a good buller man. He's uh, he's going to send up the bait. But uh, yeah, no. In all seriousness, Luke Brownlee is uh, my personal hero of the week, if not the year, if not the century. That's gold. Doing it for love, I, mate. Doing it for love. I'm actually. Uh, when was the last time you did anything? I, for love? Well, that's the thing. I'm actually speechless because, like, things like this, and guys that are professional, and and particularly in the All Black environment, mm-hmm. they love hearing stuff like this because know. you know you talk about travelling to different places. And you know the, the amount of the times they have to travel around. They don't go to to sort of the the big cities and things like that. It's really hard to travel around to the places they get to. There's no quarry lounges. No, there's no there's no quarry okay? lounge. Okay, and no. and the fact is, there's probably a, a decent amount of delays, and they probably have to travel in three separate groups because the planes aren't big enough as well. So, uh, I mean, when you when Lots guys of bus-os as well. Oh, bus yeah, the bus hours yeah, and so when you hear s- stuff like this. Mm-hmm. It is. It's 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 uh, legendary st- status. Mate. Well, what are we talking about in terms of the heartlands? Here's a tour through the heartland. Right, we'll start at the bottom and work our way up. Uh, Uamaru, Uamaru, North, North Otago, Otago. Simaru, South, South Canterbury, Canterbury, Ashburton, Mid Canterbury, Greymouth, West Coast. Oh, the coasters. Westport, Bulla. Bulla. Then we go uh, into the North Island. Are we crossing the We're the, crossing the, the Cook Strait. Okay. So we'd go to Wadarapa Bush, yep. Masterton. Okay. We go to Horofunua Carpenter, Kapiti, yeah. Levin, Davida Loka. <laughs> <laughs> we would go up to, uh, where do we go from there? Uh, probably Thames Valley. Would we go to Thames Valley? Thames Valley or King, well, or King, King Country? Country. Tikawiti. Tikawiti, mate. Thames Valley. Pairoa. Yeah. Pairoa. Uh, who have I missed here? I've missed East Coast. You've missed, yeah, Ruatoria. Yeah, yeah. I've missed Poverty Bay and Gisborne. <laughs> And I've missed one more. There's one more. Who am I missing? Before Napier. Wanganui. Ah, ah Wanganui. That's the greatest it, yeah. heartland team of all time, the Butcher Boys. There's your destinations. I would love to tick off every one of those destinations in a season. That'd be awesome. That, that's what we should do here. We should have a new tourism venture brought to you by the Short Ball. Do every single heartland destination in a season. That's the way to see the country. That's it, man. And I'm going to be honest with you, that is the way to get your Kaimoana. I was going to say that. Oh. That's seafood for those of you who don't live in New Zealand. Yeah, and, and a variety of it too. A variety of um, just kai. Kai. Not just the moana kind as well. Mate, get it going, man. What do you call that, kai that's not from the sea? Kapai. Just kai? You see what seafood gets the kai moana call? Does land food get anything? Well, in English, do you call it land food? No, it's Alice. I'm trying to I'm trying to enlighten the people on some yeah some tareo here. Is it is it just food? So there's just food. I don't know. We could ask Leone afterwards. Land food. Maybe we should call it land food. If we're calling it seafood, we should call it land food. You might have made up a new Maori word, right? Kai whenua. Is that right? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not looking at you. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not looking at you because I think that. I'm just looking for help. From anywhere in this room. There's no help. All right. My trail lesson is over for the day. Uh, Producer Alice, it's great to have your input today and uh, very sad news on the short ball. That was it today. Mm. Producer Alice, this is it. Am I dying? No, no, it's oh, not it for your oh, life. Yeah. It's just it's just it for us. You, this is your last, yeah. last podcast. Yeah, it is. What are the range of emotions you're going through right now? Oh, typical Friday night emotions. I, I was... S- sad and crying for a part. Um, Friday night emotions? What, yeah. What, what, this is your Friday night emotion. Yeah, it's just, just drunken Alice emotions. Please go through your Friday night emotion <laughs> list. So kind of just shock at first. Um, On a Friday night? Yeah. And then a little bit of, because uh, I, I took t- t- too many shots, kind of, oh, oh no. And but then, what came before the shock? 
There must be something before the shock. Was well, there before an- the shock was just happiness because I was doing the pod. Happiness and anticipation. Yeah. Yep. Thinking um, this is going to be a great night. Yeah. And then the shock hit. And then there was the moment where I told I told you guys. It was kind of like a the DNM moment of the yeah, night. I remember that moment. Yeah. I, I remember it too. Yep. Um, and then and then there were the tears, which you guys haven't seen, but ask anyone here who was was drinking with me on Friday night. Yeah. There were heaps. Were there tears? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. but that's past now, and I'm just like I'm excited just, for the future. Mm-hmm. Still, still a bit sad to be leaving you guys. Uh-huh. I don't know what you're gonna do. To be know. honest, we've got no idea. You can't produce, can you, Millsy? What, what well, I mean, what what do you have to do to produce? Lots and Press buttons. those buttons, There's mate. Button There's buttons. no way I'm pressing those buttons. <laughs> But so basically you're a carved out empty husk of a human being right now. Yeah. Knowing that the future is both morbidly fascinating and slightly terrifying without us. You've you've nailed it. Damn. That's quite depressing. Oh well. At <laughs> <laughs> least we've got today. Let's make the most of it, shall we? Let's do that. Now, yeah. Are you suggesting a pub crawl after this? I want to do a pub crawl. Yeah, but I suggested we go out and have a beer, yeah. maybe two, and all of a sudden you've upgraded that to pub crawl. Yeah. Shall we, we, as long as we can start with the black ice, wherever yes. we go, we start with the black, Millsy, <laughs> it's, it's obviously tradition now, a lot has been oh, said about, a lot, has been, yeah. as, a lot has been said about Alice's black <sighs> ice consumption, Jesus. although um, Jaspar on Twitter the other day also mentioned you might be on ice, just straight ice, I thought, I thought Jaspar's comments were a, a little on edge. Yeah, he doesn't know me No, he doesn't. Well, so. No. I would have been okay if he'd said you'd been on the black ice again because yeah. we know that's probably true. But Alice on the ice, I've never seen it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have picked uh, it. I mean, when you guys told me this, I was actually surprised people comment about this. Well, on Twitter, this, this pod, podcast. people comment on everything on Twitter. I oh, do they? Yeah, oh. they do a lot of comments about you. you I know. I'm just. Be, I don't even know. How, you don't have it. I know. I don't even know how to actually get Twitter or what it actually is. So I'm glad I don't because, mm, yeah, it's an app. <laughs> You don't tell me what they say about me, Sumo. No, Just don't, say, I mean, don't. Everyone, everyone loves you, Millsy. I mean, it's, you know, you've, you've, you've earned that too. You've earned love and respect in your career. <laughs> and with that shirt on today too, I love you even yeah, more. Yeah, that's, that's a great shirt. Tell it also what. kind of matches Sumo's glasses. Yep. I was going to say, Pizza, yeah, Hut, yeah. Pizza Hut cool. They want their shirt back. But, oh, um, sad now, guy. Hey, listen. <laughs> sad guy. We better get on to talking some rugby here yeah. on the short ball today. And uh, there's no bigger game this weekend, surely, than the Springboks taking oh. on the All Blacks in Pretoria. Oh. Give us your best Pretoria moment. It wouldn't have been 2009, I can assure you that. Not with the Chiefs, but give me your best Pretoria moment. Do you know the All Blacks have beaten the South Africans four times at Pretoria? They've, the Springboks have only beaten the All Blacks once at Loftus First Field in 1970. What? what about that for a record? Damn. My best moment of all... On the field would mm-hmm. have, was, was when we when we beat them by 50-odd points. 2003 mm-hmm. was my first year as an all-black, and we just sort of ran right. I mean, in, but in terms of <laughs> – it's it's an awesome place to come into, eh? I mean, it's so hostile. You're like – you've got – oh, man. It, you come in on the bus, you police escort, and then you've got people on the braai. Um, they're all in their green jumpers. They're giving you the bird. Some are brown eyes. And sometimes you don't even want to get off the bus because you've still got to walk from the gate, which is literally about 50-odd metres. Actually, probably less than that. You've got to walk 50. the gauntlet. You've got to walk, and people are there. And like this is a time when you didn't wear headphones. And so as my career went on, I started thinking, oh, stuff, I'm just going to wear headphones and pretend I'm listening to music because the abuse. 
the absolute abuse you would get was just horrific. And then there, there was, and it wasn't. It, this wasn't um, all black. It was, it was with the chiefs. There's little wee orange things. Nazis. Yes, Nazis. You get some Nazis in the head. I didn't, but <laughs> a few guys on the bench. A few guys on the bench did, and I'm not going to name names because it was the joke of the of the team for a very long time. And they what they said, this guy was throwing nut. What what are they called? Nazis. Nazis at him. So it's like a little re- wee it's mandarin. Like a mandarin. Yeah. And they basically you got to sit down at ground level, and it's kind of like um, you got you got a chair that's sort of half sawn off, right? So you're actually leaning down, and there's a bit of a gap between the um, the, the the last bit of uh, of the seating and 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 the reserves bench. And this one particular person was yelling out to another guy from our team who sort of had the body shape of a Ford, but he was a back, and he just keeps saying, "Blah blah blah blah, you fat bastard." Blah, 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 you fat bastard. And who was kept, saying that? A fan was saying a that. A fan was saying this to one of our backs who was on the bench who had who was the it? body gotta, type of a uh, Ford. you got to tell me who it was. Okay, it was Sweeney. <laughs> Sweeney, you fat bastard. Like, that part of like we just had, we just had to make it a joke. And then they were chucking those Nazi things at him. Bloody hell. Those South Africans, eh? But what I love about them... Is apart from abu- <laughs> apart from the verbal abuse and the uh, and oh, the no, that, I mean they were this is pregame after the game they're just oh, great for the game great people I mean there's there's nothing better than going over there and winning I think I won t- we played there twice we won twice and the second time we played there someone stole all our tracksuits from underneath the, the team room table <laughs> what was this was this the All Blacks this is the All Blacks man they stole your team tracksuits. They start, we, we had to fly out the next day and we had our tracksuits and someone in, had stolen a whole heap of them like from the team room. <laughs> this is a great experience. Jeez, said, there's a whole team. There's a whole team there. This is in amazing. South, in South Africa, in Pretoria, wearing all black tracksuits. Eh? <laughs> they they've still got them as well. Oh, I love Pretoria. Yeah, I, when, I, um, when I helped Stephen Donald with his biography, what a great book that is. Um, Beaver told me the first time he rocked up to Pretoria. And, and <laughs> He's, he would have got a lot yeah, of back. And, and he, he, you know, he goes out to have a look around, yeah. and he said he didn't do it after this ever because he walks out and there's just one guy. Because you know the Bulls, the Blue Bulls used to have the really fat Afrikaner yeah, No fan, T-shirt on, no shirt painted on, in blue. Absolute sh- sloppy human. Yeah. And... Um, so there was a guy like that early in the stands. And Beaver's there sort of lining up a couple of kicks. And this guy's just sitting there, dead, just straight cold killer at him, just going, hey, Donald, you're going to die today. You're going to die today. Just constantly at him. He said he was just terrified. He's sitting there trying to line up a couple of kicks, just warm up, and there's this guy, you're going to die today. And the, and the thing is, there's probably a bit of truth to that too, wouldn't there? <laughs> he probably would have been dead. They are been. scary people, man. Probably would have been. Let's get on to the game itself. Uh, the All Blacks, I'd, you know, I was going through last week's game. We were working on the post-match together, Millsy, and, and thinking about the way the All Blacks played that game. Mm. And once again, we're not talking about who the All Blacks didn't have. We're talking about who's shone in the game. Uh, Artie Savir at number wow. eight in absence of Kieran Reid. And, and I thought he just got better and better yep. and better. Um, so the All Blacks, I think, have found... And, and maybe they, they don't think this, but from what I can see, I think they've found their backup to Kieran Reid. Mm. And it gives Artie Savia yet another reason to stick with the team because he can play seven or eight. What, what did you make of his game? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And if Kieran Reid is not fit this weekend, and we hope he is, is that just straight back in there for Rowdy? Oh, yeah, it would have to be. I mean, oh, well, I'm saying that was Luke, Luke Whitelock would be all right. I mean, by the money. I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's a, based it's a, on that performance, it's a compelling case, though, right? Based on that performance, yeah. And I look at it a little bit differently. I suppose, yes, it's a great tick for Artie, you know, to be able to cover all those positions. But in terms of, you know, from a personal point of view, like, you know, he'll be wanting to, you know, stamp his mark on that one position and start, you know, for so many years. And it must be a tough thing for him to be able to say, well, I'm, I'm going to sit on a bench and be this impact, impact, impact. And then, mm. you know, you've got all these guys that are, are vying for those positions and all of a sudden he has a cracker of a game. Um, and yes, you know, so does, you know, is it a case where, you know, it's you know, it's detrimental to actually start when you're so versatile, and I, and, I, and perhaps for him, it's, he's probably falls into that bracket. But in terms of his game, he was just huge. What I loved about um, the way he played was there was there was a time it was just after Sonny Bill got Simbin, and the the um, I mean, it was probably one time in the game where the the All Blacks sort of scrum just went backwards a little bit, mm-hmm. and for him, and didn't quite get their side up. He made it, you know, he got over, not only just got over the game, he probably made about 15, mm. 15 odd metres. And so he was just awesome. That One time we went down the blind side when Angus Talval got him, that was a square scrum. He went down there and made massive metres. And so his running game to me was um, was fantastic. But I really enjoyed the way, I mean, it wasn't a complete game for the All Blacks. It was pretty scrappy. I liked the way the Lucys played. They, they, they did, they complemented each other. He did the running stuff, the hard Running stuff. It wasn't always easy, mm. you know. Um, Sammy Kane, he was he was great on defence, getting over the ball, and um, Frizzell was um, fantastic on defence. But Savia, he was um, you know he really impressed me over the weekend. Yeah, I just I, I loved the way his game improved throughout the game. Yeah, uh, he just did what he had to do early, and then as the minutes ticked by, and, he and just got going, stronger eh? and stronger yeah, and stronger. Yeah. And uh, you know, you, as a selector, you're looking at that, aren't you? Saying, man, this this guy. You know, and the 80th minute is just as good as he was in the first. Yeah. That, that that takes a certain kind of athlete to be able to pull that off. Whereas you look at Shannon Frizzell still finding his feet at that level. I mean, I'm not surprised he was pretty gassed by the end of the game yeah. because he made about 10 consecutive tackles in the opening five minutes. It was, it was a freak show on defence. I, I do, I, I guess you look at the scrum, which has been talked about this week. Matthew Proudfoot, the South African assistant coach, is saying that we've got to be wary of it because it's really hard to get off the side of the scrum when you're going backwards. And... Yeah, if if they allow the All Blacks that freedom to work, strike plays off scrum, then that could be trouble all day. But the line-out for me is the one glaring thing about that All Blacks performance that just doesn't seem to be clicking. I don't think you can pin that all on Luke Whitelock or Kieran Reid not being in the mix. 
there was something fundamentally wrong with Cody Taylor's throwing in the game. Ironically, Cody Taylor doesn't often miss his darts, no. and Bud and Barrett kicked every goal. So you can't blame <laughs> the ball um, unless they decide that Cody Taylor's better throwing the Adidas ball in, and Bud and Barrett always needs Gilbert. to kick with a Gilbert. Yeah. But um, should we be concerned at all about the All Blacks lineout because it is an attacking weapon for them? And South Africa's lineout, including four steals by Evan Etzebeth <sighs> last week against the Wallabies. Um, if they can't get parity or better there, the All Blacks are going to miss a key part of their game. Well, and that's the thing. Traditionally, the South Africans' line-out has been the best in the world, um, both on attack but particularly on defence because they say they're just so fast at getting up. The big, tall men, but the speed in, in which they get in front of you and get up on the ball um, is, is second to none. So should we, we be a little bit concerned? Uh, I think they'll fix it up and... What sort of um, you know makes me feel a little bit better about that is the fact that they, even though they went to the front, you know they they missed two in a row. They went to the front of the line out, but they still attacked out wide. So mm. they've got that ability to go. Well, let's let's just get um, guaranteed ball at the front. We can still attack wherever we want to attack. And so that there for me is is pleasing. Against South Africa though, you know if they're going to d up up front and give you the back ball, that's when it becomes a little bit iffy because you know they they're so sound um, from a defense point of view. I mean. I'm kind of glad in, in some ways as, a, as an All Black supporter that you know didn't quite go right in, in terms of the lineouts, in terms of a package against the Argentinians because mm. they didn't sort of make us pay like other teams would. I think there's been lapses, you know, right through the whole competition for the, for the lineout that sort of meant because they've won until the South African game in Wellington, yeah. it's probably, probably just been brushed over a little bit. I think they'll fix it up this week, um, well they need to because. If they can't dominate um, it uh, and get their own ball, um, you know, then it's going to be a very, very long day. Well, in fairness, too, there's not many teams that can score a strike try like uh, Rico Ioane's first in that game off two ball at line out. That, there was so much going on in that try, including Waisaki Naholo, who actually had stopped and waited between Bowden Barrett and Sonny Bill Williams and then still took that ball. Yep from a standing start, managed to still get round and through the gap. That's an extraordinary set-piece try. And this is where the game's gone. Like, I mean, when I was there, the, you know, to get the only team that was really good at going sort of sort of middle or or, um, or wide with the Australians is because Griggs was so, his pass was mm. just um, just so zero degrees and just a bullet. And they're the only team that were really capable of getting wide. Everyone done their job. And you've got to re- remember, too, it was like there was added pressure. They'd lost two attacking um, line-outs in a row, they'll go to the front now and think, well, can we still strike? Waisaki Naholo's line, he was mm. inside 12. So the amount of time he had to get all the way outside, they had Kane set up out wide, mm-hmm. so he became an automatic target for the Argentinian back line that always tend to rush up. All of a sudden, you know, they're targeting Kane, but because Naholo was, was hidden, and then the, the quality of the pass from Bowden Barrett, it was zero degrees and just a bullet, and all of a sudden... The speed of um, Naholo to be able to get out there and um, and and get into that gap was I was that, that else, sort right? of stuff there is what gets you what gets guys up. It's kind of like how how did that happen? Mm. You know. And then we look back at it, it was just it was just freakish. Look, oh, two more things to talk about with this game coming up uh, from an All Black point of view. Anyway, first of all, is Richie Moang has made the job really tough now mm. for the selectors. Yeah, his cameo in that game. What do you have? Twenty five minutes where Richie Moonga came on and there was no doubt about who was playing 10. Yeah. Yeah. None. Yeah. Now that is not a, a that is uh, um, not a criticism of Damian McKenzie, but we have seen and you've pointed it out yourself that Damian McKenzie's very happy to switch between 
playing at the back, playing at first receiver. Richie Moyer came on. There was no doubt he was mm. running the show. Yeah, and it's interesting to see also who went to the back. And right. so um, he looked a lot comfier as well when, mm-hmm. when um, you know, Bowden Barrett you know, went to the back. He looked a lot more comfortable than, you know, perhaps he has been. When well, he could enjoy the show. Yes, yeah. And, I think. And, yeah. And, um, and Richie just, I think he controlled a little bit better. I mean, we spoke about it while the game was going in the studio. The fact that there was just no fluency in the game. There was no pod system. When Richie came on, he almost started. He was organising guys outside, and then they started get a couple of inroads, and then um, and guys like Barrett, you know, were actually he looked up and there was a bit of space. Then he started calling it. So there wasn't didn't seem that confusion. But you're right, two <laughs> two different players, McKenzie and, and um, Maunga, You know the fact that and what they can do. So I mean, it's not a criticism on, on McKenzie, but. There was certainly an element of, uh, hey, you know, it's, there's one person in charge here, that's, and there he is. That's right. I think the word I was looking for is clarity there. Yeah. There was definite clarity, and it just gives them another option because the one, the one thing I've noticed, I don't think the All Blacks have played the same once in this rugby championship. No. They, no. they haven't had the same game plan against any team. That, that performance against Argentina was very different to the one in Nelson. Yep. Their kicking game against South Africa was very different to their kicking game against Argentina. Mm-hmm. The way they set up their pod structure against Australia was different again from what we saw on the weekend. Mm. This is a team that is developing four different ways of playing the game, at minimum, ahead of Rugby World Cup. Yep. And I know that it's part of the subtle art of coaching is the subterfuge and <laughs> keeping a few cards close to your chest. I, I just don't – I haven't seen – the all-black game, quote-unquote. No. I've seen elements of what they're trying to do. Yep. And and the reason I'm, I wouldn't be concerned as an all-black fan about the loss to South Africa or about some of the sloppiness in terms of set-piece is that these guys are trying more in this rugby championship than any team has even considering, mm. let alone attempting. Yeah, and, and what's, what you're seeing also is they're prepared to, not just go in with one particular game plan, then swap it again. They're changing different things constantly all the time within within the game. So they're actually learning different things. Yes, okay, they lost against the South Africans. And to be totally honest, the South Africans played a lot better, but they're actually learning along the way. That takes a lot of nuts to be able to, you know, um, you know, as a coaching Deez panel, be, yeah, <laughs> being able to sort of make sure guys are there, but also sort of try and implement that on the, on the field. So that mm. was... You know, even the game against Argentina in the weekend, I know it wasn't that, you know, as fluent like I mentioned before, but I think they've learned a lot where to attack, how to change things up, and also how to, how to swing different, um, you know, the momentum of the game as well. So you're right. I, I think where we're sitting at, we're really we're well prepared. I mean, the thing that um, that you're always going to get with the All Blacks, so they've always got that expectation that they have to win, mm-hmm. and that's never going to change. But I like the way that they have. They have their the confidence to be, hey, well, let's go change things up, you know, um, on the 20th minute, 30th, you know, whatever, and change it back. The South Africans have made 400 tackles in two test matches. That's an extraordinary stat. And guys like Peter Stifty, Toy, Warren Whiteley, Franco Mostert, all 20-plus tacklers seemingly every week at the moment. The, the All Blacks, I think, surely will do what they did to the Springboks in 2015 and pin them in the corners and say, you guys make the play. Have the ball. We'll make you do something with it. We'll make you cough a pill up mm. because the turnover count is one thing the All Blacks have got to get under control because yep. they try so much that obviously they make more mistakes. But then they've got to force South Africa to play rugby from depth. And we saw that in 2015, <laughs> yeah. and, it, and it was a masterstroke. Yeah, and you know it was interesting going into that um, Argentinian game, what Steve Hansen mentioned, the fact that you know the, the system they've got in terms of defence is, is fantastic, but guys are just making bad decisions. So I think they will go to that... You know, 
you know, Peter Stifty Toit and Warren Whiteley were you were huge. You know, they, um, you know, and the Lucys were massive. Uh, you're always going to get uh, Khaleesi, the, the captain. You know, I think they will. I reckon they'll try and tire those three, those three out, kick it deep, and just say, well, if you guys want to get out of here, let's run at us, and we'll just, we'll just, um, we'll knock you over, and then and try and fatigue you as much as we can. But Sounds um, like a good plan to me. Yeah, I mean, but I, I like the way that those those Lucys have played because. There was lots of questions asked upon them, you know, whether they would step up uh, against the All Blacks in Wellington, and they did. They outplayed the All Blacks in, in, in that in that area, and both defensively and on attack. Well, and that, the other thing about making the Springboks play some rugby is, is I'm a massive Warren Whiteley fan. Yep. It gives me a tingle in my loins, that man. But um, Especially when he ran down, oh, what's his name? Um, who did he run to? Um, Smith? No. TJ Pitanato. TJ Pitanato, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. But that's Warren Whiteley's game. He's a defensive player. You know, he's not a guy who's going to carve over 100 metres in a game like an Adi Savia, like a Sia Khaleesi. So if he's not there to defend and you're making him run with the ball, is he going to be effective? And, and, and again, that's no criticism of Warren Whiteley, but no. if, if you allow Warren Whiteley to play to his strengths, he's going to play well. Yeah, That's yeah. the nature of the beast. So take the game away from him and say, well, if you're there to make 20 tackles, we just won't. Have the ball. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. now you're there to make 20 runs. Yeah. Can you, can can you, you run? do that? Yeah. Can yeah. you do that? Yeah. That's the test match. I know Australia are playing Argentina. And, um, Mills, it's not like me to say this, but I couldn't give a rat's ass oh, about no. that game. I know. Argentina have not improved. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> they have not improved. And we know that because they were worse again against the All Blacks than they were in Nelson. So they're, not, they're going nowhere. And Australia, again, just needs to blow it up and start again. I'll nail. watch the game because I love footy, but you hit the nail on the head, mate. You'll you'll pick Argentina to win that, wouldn't you? Well, you have to. I like Ledesma, eh? I, I, like, I love I like Ledesma. Ledesma doesn't pull punches. I'm all for him. I'm just saying, where, where's the improvement? Everyone keeps telling me they're improving, in the yep. same way that everyone's been saying for three years they've got a great scrum. It's like, are you guys watching the same Puma side that I'm got, watching, mate? They're, they're killing themselves because it's a stereotype. Because when people talk about Argentinian rugby and stereotypes. I tell you what, they've got. They've got a great back three. Oh, yeah, shit, yeah. And then they've got a whole lot of other dudes who can't pass the ball straight. <laughs> a scrum that's going backwards, a line-out line that doesn't out. really function. Uh, Creevy lost his shit on the weekend. I mean, when was the last time you saw Creevy hooked at 50 minutes? Yeah. No. I know, I know. They were bad. Sanchez's kick, mate. That's Sanchez from in front. Oh, yeah. It was a dirty Sanchez. I want to move on to the Mitre 10 Cup, getting away from the rugby championship. Millsy, there's, there's trouble at Mill and Taranaki rugby. I know. We need to discuss this on the short ball today. Harbour absolutely came yeah. last weekend. They are they are relegation team. And they've got to play Canterbury this weekend. Good luck, Us. Oh, yeah, good luck, Us. All right. I mean, I don't know what's happened there. I, what has happened to Taranaki rugby? We, we go through the roster each week, right? Yeah. And we look at the Amber and Blacks and we say to ourselves, man, it's a pretty solid team. And yet... Nothing. No, nah, nothing is working for them. And I know losing the Shield's always yeah. a bit of a come down. Yeah. yeah. That's depressing. You had the log of wood, you don't have the log of wood. But I, I would never have expected at the start of the season to be saying Taranaki are relegation. Yeah. Game. And they are. Yeah. Well, we, we spoke about it at the beginning of the season that look at Taranaki's team. They are, I mean, along with Tasman, they would probably have to be the two most stacked team in the competition. And here we are sitting here. I know they did lose a bit of confidence after that uh, the Ranfilly Shield loss, but they just haven't sort of come back and I mean that Auckland game they were close it could have gone either way but they've just they've gotten themselves into a massive high and to be totally honest against Canterbury you just can't you can't see them winning you just can't you know 
which is disappointing. It is disappointing. It's really disappointing for them, and it's really disappointing for Willie Rickards and the coaching yeah. staff and Paul Tito because I think they had pretty lofty ambitions this year, oh. and it's been a massive. It's a triple whammy, really, for Taranaki rugby. The stadium's crook, yeah. So you can't sit in the stands. The team's not going well, and the Taranaki women are struggling pretty badly in the Farah Palmer Cup as well. And I really feel sorry for a province that has added so much to the game. You know, we spoke before about Legs Lyson and Kieran Crowley, two of the stalwarts, not to mention the Slater brothers, yep. etc. Yep. Now, this is a team that, that should be featuring and has featured in the semis or better over the last five years. And this they've just fallen off a cliff. And I, I just wonder how much the, the stadium issues and other things surrounding the province right now have impacted on this team. And, mm. and yeah, as you said, losing the shield. But... I hope they find their feet again. Um, Counties Monaco will be sitting there going, yeah, we'll keep losing because we're in the zone as well. <laughs> yeah. And that's another disappointment. You know, Daryl Suisua's Counties Monaco team should be doing much better than yeah. they are at the moment. Yeah. We'll go to the other side of the uh, coin, though. Northland taking on Waikato this weekend. My Tani Far up against your Mulu. Oh, that's right, you're Auckland. Where are you, Southland? Hey, 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 okay, hey, you've hey. had more clubs than Captain hey, K-Ban, hey, mate. I can't, hey, I can't keep up with hey, you. Hey, come on, come on, mate. The Tani Far haven't been been at home. I'm all for the Tunnies this week. I, I think you're back in the Tunnifa. I am back in the Tunnifa. I am. I, I they they have they they just produce some brilliant stuff. They just yeah. can't you know have a complete game. But I think yeah. they can. I, I think they've got the quality. Uh, they've got the quality to be able to actually you know beat Waikato. I know Waikato has been on a bit of a winning streak, but I I think at home um, they can do the damage. And that game that you know to win and the way they won against Counties. <laughs> that that came off the knee. I, I couldn't believe. Who was oh, the who was the halfback? Don't, don't, just just don't even talk about it. Is it a win's a win. We take it. Oh, I couldn't a believe the county's halfback celebrated. Does he not know these cameras these days? No, you but can't you, put your hand, yeah, hand but you, up. You got to sell it. You've got to sell it. You got to sell it. I'm right? all for the sell. You can't. You yeah. can't sell it with with no. You got to No, you got to you got to make the claim. It's like it's like people in uh, freestyle skiing. They know they haven't won anything, but they still come down the half pipe, and that's. The claim, G'day. Oh, the claim okay. for the judges to say, "Yeah, I nailed that, I nailed it." So then, in the judges' minds, they're just like, "That's right." They're like, "Oh, well, he's pretty happy. Maybe we should go a few more." Yeah, points but this up. is a bit different. I know yeah. it's a bit different, but I'm trying to find an analogy. Yeah, true that. Right, Tony right. Fars win, mate. That's going to keep you happy. It's a Wednesday afternoon. Tony Fars to win. Thank you very much, Melzi. I really appreciate that. Um, finally, on the short ball today, those are the two games that I'm most interested in. By the way, in the Mighty Ten Cup, but there is plenty more, including. Uh, Otago, who may just hold back a little bit for that big Shield game Nick weekend against Waikato. Remember, it was the last time they won the Shield against Waikato. Took it off them before. And I think they'll be pretty fizzed up after that win over Auckland. Oh, especially, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, imagine giving mm-hmm. that speech about David Latter to them. You know, what you gave me last told us. That, oh, that had the, wow. that had, well, you've got no hair on your arms, but that would have had the hair on your arms standing up. Oh, mate. Really would have. David, crazy letter. Um, finally, Milsey, it, all that is left to say about the short ball today is to uh, our treasured producer, Alice. Yes. Thank you for everything, buddy. And uh, whatever happens from here, we'll, we'll always have this time together and a pub crawl to look forward to after this podcast. Thanks, Alice. You're awesome. Thank you very much, Alice. Thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure. She's crying again. Oh. Oh, she's probably tearing up. That's been the short ball for another week. Emotional finish. Make sure you catch all the action on rugbypass.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 